Hey, Peter Howard here from the Dynasty Crossroads Show. Did you know people that listen to the Dynasty Crossroads Show are 20% more likely to be happy? Probably. Maybe. This and other maybe facts on the Dynasty Crossroads. Check it out. Yeah. Chicken, chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the... Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yes, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Dan, Ryan, and Matt. We are we're way up there. Episode 541 of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Wow. Week nine edition of the pod. And guys, congratulations on your win if you had Joe Mixon. Sorry about your loss if you didn't and you uh, happen to be playing him this week. That probably that probably goes for a couple other guys that we need to talk to about or talk about today as well. <clears throat> Justin Fields, we'll get to him. Uh, man, it was a it was a wild Sunday of football, and it really got kicked off on Thursday. Ryan, with the with the Texans kind of hanging in there with the Eagles, nobody expected that. Uh, lots of lots of dynasty managers were kind of disappointed with with the fantasy totals on Thursday night, but uh, we all forgot about that. If you had like Devonte Adams or Kenneth Walker or Joe Mixon or Fields or Tyreek or any of those guys, yeah, another uh, another week of some big fantasy production. That was fun to see for sure. I mean, Joe Mixon, as you said, was was really the story of the day. Five touchdowns, over fifty fantasy points. Uh, I I looked it up. I think it's the 22nd best fantasy game of all time. So uh, pretty impressive for him. And then uh, all all of that attention that he was getting from fantasy managers kind of got washed away when when Justin Fields did his thing and some of these other players as well. And uh, I know we're going to talk about uh, talk about that Bears quarterback soon. Yeah, if you have a relatively new dynasty league, uh, there's a chance Mixon broke your scoring record. Uh, depending on how your scoring yeah. system is, is kind of set up and stuff like that. Of course, there were the disappointments as well. Aaron Jones left the game early and probably only scored you five or six fantasy points. Um, gosh, I had a few of them written down that were that were kind of disappointing. And now, now, luckily, I can't remember yeah, let me, them. Let me check uh, my lineups and I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I know Amon Ross St. Brown was a disappointment for me. That was a nice matchup. A lot of us were expecting Deion Jackson to have big games. Mike Evans dropped a couple of passes, had ch- chances at touchdowns. And then the DJ Moore, like uh, his his re-escalation into fantasy stardom that came to a screeching halt with four fantasy points today as well. So we don't want to paint too rosy a picture, Matt. There were, there were disappointments and us Packer fans know all about that. I, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. I mean, you lose to Zach Wilson and Ty- Taylor Heineke. And now you lose to Jared Goff and one of the worst defenses in the entire league. I mean, every other team is scoring 50 points against the Detroit Lions. You think that maybe this is finally the game that Rodgers is going to have a big one in your fantasy lineup. If you, if you still were starting him for some reason. Um, and uh, instead he threw three interceptions. So um, that's how I, I thought you said it. you didn't want to talk about it. Well, uh, yeah, I just want to complain. And, yeah, I want to complain, too. I actually traded for Aaron Rodgers on Sunday morning Ooh. because I needed a win in a super flex league to to really compete and go over the top. I was our guy, Eric Dickens, might have got what'd one over pay? on us. But what did you pay? We got to know. We got to get we got to. Well, it was it, it's a contract league. It's one of Ryan's KS leagues. And 
Eric, uh, Eric, maybe I shouldn't even say his name. That probably isn't very nice in case. Uh, but he, he's probably laughing about it right now, going all the way to the bank. He traded me James Conner, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and Adam Thielen. So aging vets on one-year contracts. I have the ability to extend them. Eric doesn't think he does. So I gave Traylon Burks for him, So for that package. So uh, a win-now move. It locked up three starters for me, but didn't lock up any wins with the way those guys played today. So... <laughs> We'll see how that turns out. We got a lot to get to on the show. We're talking trade targets for contenders and rebuilds and everybody in between. Uh, we got your sleeper stash of the week. We're going to set the line once again. Somebody had a good week, I heard. Uh, and we're going to hop in the Do- Dynasty DeLorean for a future running back value conversation. But first, the startup. Well, we could have talked about Joe Mixon, but I was talking to our guy Ryan, Matt, before we started the show, and, and we said, we both kind of agreed that, geez, what are we going to say? Yes, he's awesome. Yes, he's an RB1. Put him in your lineup every week. Yes, we want him on our dynasty teams. No, we're probably not trading for him right now. So we'd go to uh, really the best performer of the week, and that was the aforementioned Justin Fields, 17 for 28 passing, 123 passing yards, and three touchdowns, including two to Cole Komet, who now can't not find the end zone. Uh, But it was really all about his legs. Fields, 15 carries, 178 yards, and a rushing score. Guys, he's the QB1 on the week. Um, Biggest, really, quarterback performance of the year. And he was the quarterback 18, fellas, in October ADP. We got a sneak peek at November ADP, and he's up to quarterback 11. He's kind of been, kind of been moving on up, right? He's 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 a guy that we're we're starting as a back end quarterback one now. But those 45 fantasy points, maybe more, depending on your your uh, scoring system, that QB 11 mark, Matt, that might be a little bit too low, even. Yeah, it, it definitely might be. You know, I was we had an exercise at the end we're going to talk about one of Ryan's segments, and originally Fields was on that, and uh, I was doing an exercise, you know, kind of projecting where he might be, uh, you know, after the next season's draft, and I was struggling to get him above QB nine to ten range, um, considering some rookies that are incoming, and you know, some other players that have been performing well, and then of course all the, the six to seven studs at the top, so. Um, yeah, I think he, he might be a little undervalued in the trade market, uh, but I'm not sure how high, how much higher we can get him in ADP. You know, 11 is, it's pretty good. You got, I mean, you're gonna have to push him against ahead of Dak, of course, Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, I think that's an argument depending on how he plays when he comes back, but then you're into the Burrow, Kyler, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes. You're not going to put him above any of those guys. So I feel like that quarterback eight to 10 range is kind of his ceiling for right now. Is, Is that, does that sound wrong? Well, I don't I don't think so. I, I was doing the same exercise and I kept thinking back to where we were late last year with Jalen Hurts and how mm-hmm. he needed to turn that corner and become a better passer. That's pretty much where we are now and, and Hurts has cemented himself in the top five quarterbacks, I would say. Um and and some dynasty managers, Ryan, would probably put Hurts all the way up at number two, maybe right behind Josh Allen. So I think that that maybe might be the ultimate ceiling for Justin Fields, but I think it's it's probably a little bit premature to value him as such just yet, even with this huge performance against the Dolphins on Sunday. 
Yeah, it, it probably is. And and as you said, Hertz has has cracked that top tier of quarterbacks. You you know, and in fact, in our latest ADP, not quite ready for the site yet, uh, but it'll be there soon. He's the quarterback three. So it's Allen, Mahomes, and Jalen Hurts. Um, and what I think what took us so long from valuing Hurts in that tier. You talked about the questions as a passer, and um, but but the one thing really to me was that draft capital, right? He was he was the day two pick, and for whatever reason that that always seems to factor in. It seems like we as dynasty managers keep that in the back of our mind and and hold it against some of these players. Well, obviously Fields does not have that, so you know you're already seeing a lot of if Fields is doing this now, just wait until he gets a, a supporting cast and, you know, they made the trade for Chase Claypool and, and Darnell Mooney has been playing much better. They've got a, a solid running game. But if you compare the, the bears to the Eagles, as far as that offensive support or, or even the Ravens, that's, that's the other team kind of, or the other player uh, that fields is being compared to there, Lamar Jackson, the bears are, I, I would say the bears are pretty easily last in that group. If, if everybody's healthy. At yeah. least. So, um, I mean, I'm looking forward to the Bears uh, making the types of moves the Eagles did last offseason, uh, bringing in some some pieces to help Justin Fields, and and uh, hopefully he does improve as a passer. And I, I think a lot of dynasty man- managers probably say, yeah, get me get Justin Fields and A.J. Brown and, and de- draft that Devontae Smith deep threat and you know, if you really look at it from a football standpoint, their biggest weakness in that offense isn't those receivers. It's the offensive line. He is covering up those weaknesses right now. If he had an off, if Matt Hertz had that offensive line in Philadelphia last year, it was kind of a crutch he could lean on. At least he had protection to look down the field. Right now, Justin Fields doesn't have any of that. He he has one read. If that guy isn't able to get open, and let's be honest, they don't have a lot of guys that can get open quickly. They're going to work on that, of course, and they'll, they'll address those positions. But he has to tuck and run, and that's great for fantasy. But for longevity, there's probably questions whether he can do this in the long term, uh, continue to, to run for 60, 80, 100, 178 rushing yards every single week. That's just too much. So, you know, I I wonder if those questions are going to linger in dynasty managers' minds as well, and we will cap that ceiling prematurely. I I feel like we've, I mean, someone did a study on this. I think it was Edward Porras uh, at Fantasy Points. He did a study on if running quarterbacks have a tendency to get hurt more than pocket quarterbacks. And the data that he found and the study that he showed was that it's actually the opposite um, and he posited that the reason for that is that these rushing quarterbacks are kind of, they know they're going to get hit so they can prepare for it. Whereas these pocket quarterbacks, it's mostly a blindside hit. So um, it'll be interesting to see how we, if that kind of becomes mainstream thinking, because I think you're right right now. I think we think like, Oh, Lamar Jackson, he can't do this forever because he's a running quarterback. He's going to get hurt. Um, but that's maybe not the case. I wanted to add a couple more things about fields real quick. Sure. Um, uh, quarterback, well, this doesn't really matter anymore, but before before this week, he was quarterback one in each of the last four. This week, he was the quarterback one. Uh, and then the next two weeks, uh, it's not going to stop. He's got the Lions next week, the, despite what the Packers were able to do against them. Uh, and then the Falcons after that. And then they get Detroit again in the week 17 fantasy championship. So if you got fields and you're a competing team, I think you're looking pretty good. So let, let's 
kind of bring this conversation full circle and try to try to pinpoint his actual value right now. And we should probably talk about it in a super flex from a super super flex perspective because that just just brings in more quarterbacks and more values. Matt, if you're if you're a contender, if you're a fringe team, if you're a bottom of the barrel team and you can get your hands on Justin Fields, what are you thinking you're going to have to have to pony up to get him on your roster? I mean, in, in Superflex, it's almost it's, it's I would say it's impossible, but it's very difficult to trade for a quarterback unless you're also giving a quarterback up. Right. Yeah. So you're either going to have to tear down. That's probably the easiest one. I did a trade like that, uh, like just before the start of the season on a team that's not competing. And it looked terrible at first, but I feel pretty good now. I think I, think I said Mahomes uh, for uh, uh, Justin Fields and like a mid first next year. Um, there might have been something else I got back, but that's the, that was the main part of it. So I think that's the easiest method. But if you're going to like try to kind of t- try to tear up, I mean, like I just don't. It's going to be hard. It's going to have to be. I feel like it's going to have to be a rushing quarterback. Maybe you send Watson for him if you have somebody that's pers- uh, uh, out of that, uh, and like maybe Tua in a first. Like if you get much deeper than that, we're talking about you know Wilson Carr, uh, Trey Lance is someone willing to like take on Trey Lance, get Trey, give up Trey Lance in a first for Fields at this point. Um, so it's going to be difficult, I think, to get him unless you're you're willing to tear down from one of the elite options. Yeah, I would just say I think I think his current value, trade value, or if if even if you're talking about a startup draft situation, I think he's going to be valued about the same as uh, Justin Herbert or Kyler Murray. So that's kind of where I'm seeing where I would project his value to be. So maybe not quite in that top three or four guys. I think it's Allen, Mahomes, and Hertz, and and then really everybody else there's probably a tier to that next group of herbert burrow lamar kyler and i think i think fields is now in that group yeah i kind of thought trevor lawrence was was the parallel right now and and if you want to buy the buy the big performances right now or or maybe pivot over to the guy with the that incredible upside coming into the league that that's where you'd be at in a single quarterback league the conversation is a little bit different because there are so many aging quarterbacks. And if you've if you've been riding that that Russell Wilson train for eight or ten years, or Aaron Rodgers, or really any of these uh veteran quarterbacks that have been quarterback ones for so long, he seems like the type of pivot you'd be looking for right now. Justin Fields, if you can get your hand if there's a guy in your league or or a manager in your league, I should say, that has Josh Allen and Justin Fields and and maybe they have Kirk Cousins or something like that. And you get a shot at Justin Fields. What kind of what kind of position player are we talking about there? Because or or maybe future draft pick uh to go get Fields in that kind of situation. I don't think you could buy him for less than a first in a single quarterback league either. I don't um, as far as position player, I mean obviously right now is not the, not the ideal time to buy this guy um after after the the streak that he is on but i mean we're talking like probably a a running back two or a wide receiver two right um i mean i'm looking for some names here that make sense dj moore chris godwin i think that's that's kind of the minimum um in in that range those guys are third fourth rounders in in our current adp 
And I, and I think people now know, even in one quarterback leagues, uh, that rushing is a difference maker. And with so few difference makers at the quarterback position, like that provides some, some extra oomph for your team. Like you almost like have to have one of those guys to, to win now in, in one quarterback league. So, um, I mean, I just don't think anyone's going to let him go for cheap, right? So, like, one of these – that you need one of these rushing quarterbacks, and now he's in that in that group. So he's going to be valued just as highly. Yeah, if, I, if I'm holding Josh Allen and I happen to have uh, fields on my roster as well, I think I'm aiming just a little bit higher than that. So maybe you can get that done in some leagues, Ryan. I, I, I know you said that that's probably the low end, but if, if you're going to pry a guy coming off a 45-point – game away from me you're gonna have to give up a pretty good starter for me to make that kind of move for sure well i mean i don't i don't even go shopping in these situations you know like it's you just kind of have to wait and see or if you really want this guy on your team maybe it's um it's worth waiting until the off season to figure it out the the obvious change here and, and this is not news to anybody is is the opportunity for fields to run the ball more he averaged 35 yards per game last year as a rookie weeks one through five he's averaging 39 yards per game rushing and then the past uh four games over 100 rushing yards per game of course that uh was spiked big time uh with his performance on sunday yeah and that's a coaching philosophy change that they clearly had. Ryan, you and I were at that week two game in Green Bay against the Packers, and he yeah. looked timid. He didn't look like he wanted to really let loose and run, and that looked like a coaching decision. They were trying to turn him into a pocket passer, and at some point about a month or six weeks ago, they decided we can't pigeonhole this quarterback into this this framework of the offense that we see. We need to build an offense around what he does well and allow him to be Justin Fields. And that clearly is great for dynasty managers. Uh, we, better, we better get to the sleeper, guys. Sleeper Stash of the Week. Yeah, it's time for the Sleeper Stash of the Week, where we take a look at a player outside the top 200 in Dynasty ADP that you should consider stashing. So, Matt, who do we got this week for the Sleeper Stash of the Week? He, The cat may be out on the bag on this guy, but uh, Terrace Marshall. Uh, in the October ADP, 269 overall wide receiver, 116 today, uh, had his best game, maybe as a pro i'm struggling to remember uh, if he had any good games as a rookie i know he didn't <laughs> didn't later in the season um but three catches 53 yards and a touchdown today uh tied for tied dj Moore for the most targets this week uh and his snap count basically since robbie anderson has moved on has has been basically all the snaps week seven he played 86 percent of the snaps um that was robbie anderson's last game i believe with the panthers um and then week eight uh 93 percent of the snaps um and then today i don't have the snap data yet but i'm imagining it's close to, it's above that 90 percent range so usage has been getting higher uh he's he's been a target for the quarterbacks uh, and he's cheap, so uh, we liked him coming out as a uh, as a rookie. If I remember right, Ryan, he was a end of the first, late or early second kind of kind of draft pick. Yeah. Um, kind of became a darling later in the process. I think even in the, even in the preseason, the first couple of weeks of the season, he looked promising, then just kind of fell off the map. So um, he's back, y'all. So if you can still get him for that, you know, like that third round kind of kind of price tag uh, in terms of draft picks, I think he's somebody will, I'd be willing to stash at this point. Yeah, I did see the snap data. Terrace Marshall, 45 snaps. DJ Moore at 48. So a full-time player tied for the team lead in routes run with 31. 
as well. So uh, Terrace Marshall is our sleeper stash of the week brought to you by Sleeper Fantasy, the fastest growing fantasy football platform in the world. It's built around a mobile interface, so it's easy to do everything league related from your mobile phone, no matter how complicated your league or how many leagues you play in. Join millions of players today on Sleeper, the number one fantasy football platform. Let's talk trade. Yeah, let's talk trade. I did one of those uh, contender moves on Sunday morning right before kickoff. And I mean right before kickoff. Sorry about that, Eric. Uh, So we thought we'd talk about final stretch trade targets and have a little discussion about some players and some maybe philosophies or strategies on what kind of moves we're making to try to to try to compete, to try to build for a contender down the road, or or maybe if you're a fringe playoff team. So let's start at the top because we always like to be a contender and talk about some players, Matt, that we're we're trying to target if we're if we're a top three, four team and we want to make a push for that number one spot, a high playoff seed. Uh, with the potential to do some damage and win a league title. Are there some players that you're specifically targeting that are out there right now? Yeah, the the, the players that I really want to go after on a contending team right now are Jets players. I've been looking at these. Okay, these 15 to we haven't said that in a while. I know, I know. <laughs> but their week, their week 15 to 17 schedule, they play Detroit, Jacksonville, and then Seattle in week 17. All three of those uh, teams are in the bottom half of the league for running backs. Lions are the second best matchup for running backs. Jags are the seventh. And Seahawks are the ninth best uh, when, when, it, when you're looking at schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed. Uh, so Michael Carter, uh, he, you know, he, he had, a, had a good game today. He's an option. Uh, he's going to be more expensive probably than James Robinson. But those two players um, are probably my, uh, on, my, on my big hit list for my contending teams. And then uh, if we look at San Francisco, Debo Samuel, uh, I, I feel like people don't like Debo anymore. I tried to move him off a couple of teams where I have both him and Christian McCaffrey this week, and there was literally no interest <laughs> in Debo hmm. Samuels. Um, so I went and looked at the, the schedule for him too, uh, and probably should have done that before I started sending offers because it's really good also. Uh, Seattle in Week 15, Washington in Week 16, and the Raiders who are dead last uh, uh, in terms of passing game fantasy points allowed. So a very good schedule for them. You know, Debo, I don't know can you, if you can get him for a single late first at this point. Uh, that seems like a kind of a move that I would like to make. Um, and I have some other guys. Uh, I don't know if you want me to throw them all out now, Dan, if you want to go back and forth a little bit. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll head back and forth. I thought your Michael Carter and James Robinson take were kind of interesting because I, I would say uh, dynasty managers probably aren't looking to that Jets backfield right now for week in and week out when starters because it's it's muddy water, right? We, we don't know what how those roles are going to play out the rest of the season. Of course, Robinson found the end zone today, uh, and Carter, he he really had a big game. So yeah. um, it's interesting. The schedule is certainly something we should be looking at. Uh, thanks for doing that, of course. Um, but I just, because of the, the multi-faceted, two-headed monster there in New York, I, I saw those two names on your list, and I thought, wow, I, I really didn't expect to see those names. <laughs> just cheap targets you know as contenders we don't necessarily want to give up that first round pick we want cheap running back points and 
we know by by week 17 every every year we're starting you know kind of bottom of the barrel options sometimes third and fourth stringer so you know you never know one if you i mean what did both of these guys cost can you get carter for a second and, and robinson for a third and if one of them goes down you probably have a a, a you know a, a high-end running back too for the for the championship run sure so it just kind of makes sense to me based on the matchups coming their way ryan you had a running back listed as well with miles sanders who who played really well on thursday night one of those standalone games where you get to see these players and and i know a lot of us watch the eagles and we think about hertz and aj brown and even dallas goddard who is great as well but miles sanders has been floating under the radar having a really nice rb2 season and is contributing for dynasty managers every single week. But at the same time, he's not having those blow-up games, right, that that would make a dynasty manager that maybe he's in eighth or ninth place say, no, i got to hold this guy for the long haul. You could pry him away and probably at a reasonable rate. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's pretty much, if I'm in this situation, if I've got a contending team, um, these are the types of players I'm looking for. I, Usually when it comes to trade deadlines uh, range or if it's just getting close to the playoffs as as we're getting closer now, I'm not looking to make a a major trade. I'm not acquiring a a first or second round startup type player. Instead, I'm looking for that smaller piece, that cheaper piece that can help my lineup. uh, You know, honestly, I think Matt probably dug a little too deep with Carter and Robinson. Um, I mean, I'm just thinking if you've got a contender, are those guys cracking your lineup? That that's, that's my thought. Um, but if, if they're depth pieces, then obviously that's fine. But as you said, Sanders has been, uh, he's been a fantasy starter basically every week. So I'm, I'm looking to basically value shop when I'm looking for these players that can help my contending teams. I'm looking at, at a more recent, um, stretch of games rather than just looking at the full season stats and um uh, you know that doesn't always tell you the the um that doesn't always paint the best picture for what's really going on in their season so i try to look at just the past three or four games specifically and and then really this is where sanders fits in i look at those players who are scoring well but not gaining dynasty value so I think even though Sanders has been a fantasy starter essentially nearly every week this season, his price has not changed very much since the start of the season when he told us not to draft him. <laughs> I, I think that's all good advice. And I, I think the receiver that you put on your list as well certainly fits in as well yep. there, there, Ryan. You you went to a, a friendly friendly name for uh, as far as Ryan McDowell's guys. Yeah, yeah, one of my guys for sure, Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, as we always say, we're recording this on uh, just before the Sunday night game, so we'll see how his week uh, week nine goes. But he's another guy who's been a solid fantasy uh, wide receiver two or three. Price hasn't changed. If anything, it's gone down because I think some people had uh, really high hopes for him kind of bouncing back and being that Juju from two or three years ago. And while he's been good, he definitely has not been that. So, you know, looking at the trade finder, uh, you can get Juju for a second rounder. There were multiple examples of that. You can get, uh, it looks like you could get Miles Sanders for a second rounder. Plus there was a Daryl Henderson and a second. There was a Brian Robinson and a second. And those are the types of trades I, I would be looking to make. 
I went to the wide receiver position as well, and I I listed DeAndre Hopkins, and I know his value is spiking, of course, with those huge weeks that he had. He was good again on Sunday as well, found the end zone, had another touchdown taken away. Uh, Not quite the massive game, but there's a good chance DeAndre Hopkins is on a on a low-end dynasty team right now. He didn't contribute for the first six weeks, probably helped that team to a mediocre to maybe even poor record. So I think there's a good chance that he's available out there in your league, and and maybe you can get your hands on him. I saw one trade especially. He he goes for a first-round pick in multiple leagues, right? He's That's probably what he's going to cost in in, uh, uh, in your league as well. I I saw twice, though, that he went straight up for Rashad Bateman, or it was Rashad Bateman in like a third or something like that. And I kind of like that move for a contender right now. You don't have Bateman for the rest of this season. Uh, Hopkins appears to be that wide receiver one that we all want. So if you want to aim a little bit higher than what Ryan was talking about, I know you said you you like to go for those ancillary pieces, something to add to your lineup, get a wide receiver two, running back two, maybe even a wide receiver three. I think you can pay wide receiver two prices for a wide receiver one production with DeAndre Hopkins. So he's the guy I'm going to target out there on the trade market if I'm a contender. Matt, you had a handful of other names. And the the one I wanted you to focus on first is Amari Cooper. Because I saw you type his name into our document. And I thought, well, that, that certainly fits with how I usually play this game. And that's why I put Nuke on my list. Amari kind of fits that bill as well. Yeah, I mean, this is based on schedule coming back. I put I put Deshaun Watson on there, too, in case. I mean, I feel like if you probably have been holding to Deshaun Watson all this time, you're not going to want to let him go super easily um, unless you're maybe a, a rebuilding kind of team. But, Amar- but Amari Cooper is an interesting target. He's been playing really well. I, mean, I think Dallas did them a disservice by letting him go, themselves a disservice by letting him go so cheaply now. And then, again, looking at the schedule and the playoffs, uh, Baltimore has been giving it up to wide receivers uh, in Week 15. Week 16 is going to be a little bit tough in New Orleans, especially if Marshawn Lattimore is back. But then in week 17, they have the the commanders. Um, Again, one of the best matchups for quarterbacks and wide receivers. So kind of lines up uh, again when you're looking at the schedule. And then a couple of other guys, a couple of running backs, the Tampa Bay guys, uh, another uh, uh, interesting schedule in the playoffs. Cincinnati in week 15 is, is, not, is kind of a me- mediocre run of, uh, uh, kind of middle-of-the-pack matchup. But then Arizona, who got tore up by Kenneth Walker today. And then Carolina in week 17, we saw what Joe Mixon, <laughs> we already talked about what Joe Mixon did to Carolina today. So some prime matchups there for the, um, uh, the Tampa Bay, both backs, Fournette and Rashad White. And then Khalil Herbert's a little bit interesting, too. Uh, with the Chicago 15 and 16 are really tough Philadelphia and Buffalo, but then week 17 Detroit, uh, who is the second best matchup for running backs in the league through this point. I noticed you didn't have uh, Aaron Rodgers or James Conner or Adam Thielen <laughs> on your list. So whoops. Uh, how about some non-contender targets? Uh, Ryan, I like the name you put on your list here. Yeah, I mean, really, I kind of think in some ways this is the easiest uh, category or easiest situation to be in, although nobody really wants to be here. But if you do find yourself as a non-contender, you're targeting players that are injured. You're targeting rookies that uh, that you like who are just not really getting a chance to play yet. Um, so as my main target, I'm, I'm focused on one of those, uh, an injured player, J.K. Dobbins. He's, he's just a guy I still believe in the talent. I know both of you were big believers in him coming into the season. 
Uh, I mean, it just feels like everything's gone against this guy this year. Uh, Hasn't really been fully healthy at all and and recovered from that ACL. But um, whether that happens this year or not, or if we have to wait until next year, the uh, the prices are way down on on Dobbins. Uh, Zach Wilson even up in a super flex league. Raheem Mostert even up was one I saw. Obviously, that's a uh, that's a contender and rebuilder type trade that somebody felt like they needed that immediate production at running back. And then the guy you just mentioned, Dan uh, DeAndre Hopkins. That's another situation. If if you don't want to give up that first. Uh, but you've, you've got a guy like J.K. Dobbins sitting on your IR. Maybe you flip him for the immediate production of Hopkins instead. Yeah, those are those are excellent moves if you're the non-contender to go get a guy like J.K. Dobbins. I went with an injured guy as well. I went with Jamison Williams, and he's going to be hard to get because most dynasty managers that drafted him have held him and are just waiting for the good news that he's going to be on the field. It seems like we're going to be waiting a little bit longer. If you've been listening to this show for any amount of time, you know I'm a huge Jamison Williams fan. I believe he was the best pure receiver in that class. I still think there's a good chance that he is. He just needs to get on the field. If if that can, if a contender drafted him, and that could have happened where he slid, especially if it was a late August draft, if you have one of those rookie drafts that drafts during redraft season, Jameson Williams might have gone 10th, 11th, 12th in your draft. And and now that contender is is really looking for for that DeAndre Hopkins or Amari Cooper or or maybe even even a bigger name than that. And you you can you can prime away and get something added on top. I kind of like that trade down that you were talking about earlier, Matt, with with Justin Fields, where where you send one of them aging guys if you're a, if you're a little bit lower in the standings right now and Jamison Williams and a package of other stuff comes your way, I like a move like that. Matt, you listed a handful of rookies and of and an interesting veteran as well. Yeah, I, my, the first name that I thought of was Calvin Ridley. Uh, you know, we just got traded to Jacksonville. He's going to be 28, I believe, at the start of next season. You know, assu- assuming he gets reinstated, I'm, I'm guessing he is if, if Jacksonville is willing to trade for him. Um, but some interesting moves in the trade finder for him. Uh Keenan Allen for Ridley in a third, so you're buying back a few yards and picking up a future pick. Uh, Cam Akers straight up for him, uh, and then like, like you know late seconds like, multiple times in, in in the in the trade finder. So I think those are all pretty reasonable picks. I don't know if I'd want to send a second round pick for him, but one of these other like kind of disappointing guys or or uh, an aging vet like like Allen who is obviously disappointed this year with that injury. Um, but Ridley is, seems to be, to me, like somebody that could unlock even further uh, the passing game there in Jacksonville with with Trevor Lawrence. Um, so he's interesting to to go get if you're not a contending. And then the, the disappointing rookies I wrote down, Zamir White is in an interesting spot. We really liked him uh, this season before. I, I guess it hasn't been so good as of late for for uh, uh, Josh Jacobs, but previous to that, he was he was lighting the world on fire. Zamir White hasn't really gotten involved, but Josh Jacobs has not been picked up for his fifth year option. Probably not going to be back, so White could be the starter there next season. Spiller hasn't gotten on the field, but still like his talent. And then uh, David Bell uh, and and Trey McBride uh, for similar reasons. Trey McBride ninety catches for eleven hundred yards his last season in college. Those kind of tight ends don't production doesn't really grow on trees so much. So once Ertz moves on, then McBride seems to be in a good spot. Spiller finally had positive fantasy points on Sunday, so that's good. He got got out of the negatives. Yeah. He had negative points before Sunday's game. Uh, how about some bubble targets? Some guys, if you're 
if you're if you're on the edge of the fringe of the playoffs right now and you're you're kind of wondering what to do, I I didn't list any names. All I, I said is I, I, I like to go for the for that last playoff spot. And it's this is the situation, Ryan, that I do exactly what you talked about earlier. I try to get the cheapest piece that can just get into my starting lineup and help me replace the worst guy on my team, try to lock up that sixth playoff spot, and maybe I get hot and win a league doing something like that. I've done it before. I've seen it done in leagues that I'm in. You just got to kind of catch lightning in a bottle, and you don't necessarily have to go for that 30-year-old veteran. Sometimes you can get that that guy that's been kind of bouncing around the league or, or maybe even a guy that was picked up off of waivers in your league if you're in a shallower league earlier in the year but is hot right now. Uh, you can send a third round pick or send a send a guy that's injured or something like that. But I think my biggest advice is we play this game to win. And if you have a chance to get into the playoffs and you think maybe one guy could add to your chances, I, I like to make that move to try to get that six seed in the playoffs. Yeah, I think I think that's good advice. You you guys were wimps and couldn't think of any players that fit this category. I got a couple. I don't I've, see any on there, Matt. Here. All right, I'll write them down. <laughs> I got them on my notes page. Jeez. I've got some names though. Uh, I, I think a, a group of players that fit this category are the rookie wide receivers because we we've seen flashes from all of those uh, all of those top players: Garrett Wilson, London, Dotson, Pickens, Burks. Um, we've seen enough from each of them to. Uh, to give us hope for the future and and maybe even later this season. Um, I mean, obviously, Dotson and Burks have missed time with injuries. Wilson and, and London and, and even Pickens as well have kind of been limited by their own offense. But um, they, they could each still uh, be the top targets on their team in, in any given week and maybe even for stretches of weeks. So investing in those guys, even though they're not going to be cheap, it's not the the second round rookie pick that's going to get those guys. I think if you acquire them now, you know, worst case, you still have a long-term asset. And if they do get hot, as you said, and help you in that playoff push, then that's a, that's a win-win. I almost listed Dotson and Burks in the non-contender targets because I thought maybe dynasty managers would, would just have to move on to get the production right now. I think that's good advice. The, the one name that kind of sticks out to me or the one thing that kind of sticks out to me is maybe some injured guys that are expected back. So the Hollywood Browns that are out there, maybe maybe somebody needs the production now and you can get hot with Hollywood Brown late in the season or or somebody along those lines. Matt, you said you had some guys as well. Yeah, I put two guys on here. I don't feel super great about Okay. <laughs> Either of them, to be honest, um, but I feel I feel like in this position when you're on the bubble, because I'm I, I tend to be more like you, Dan. I want to kind of push for that last playoff spot. Um, but the note that I wrote wrote down before I get to those two guys uh, was that you don't want to get preyed on by rebuilding teams because guys like us that want to play to win, uh, and you're in that bubble spot, you know. Sometimes you're and I and I have fallen prey to this. You're more willing to make a move that it's probably not going to help you in in the in the next couple of years. But if 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 it, everything works out, then it could help you get that last spot and maybe push you to a championship. But when you're doing that, you have to be really careful not to send away too much value that's going to hurt you in future years, uh, since you are kind of that fringe contender. Um, so I wrote down a couple of guys that you know they're super cheap right now. They've disappointed uh, from a production standpoint uh, and 
and uh, but if the, if they do come around, then they have potential to hit uh, at, at, during the playoff weeks. One was Elijah Moore, who's a complete ghost. Um, somebody we've all li- we have all liked. I thought this week he was gonna play, but I, I he probably got some snaps. I, look, correct me if I'm wrong, but he got zero targets. He's not even on the target um, uh, list here for that game. Um, so maybe he didn't even play. Um, but uh, And then the other guy was Antonio Gibson, who we've talked about in the last couple of weeks. Looks better than Brian Robinson still. Uh, with J.D. McKissick out now, missing uh, missing several weeks, uh, he's going to get some of that early down work, and then he's also going to get that most of that passing down work. So um, both of those guys are two that I'd be probably trying to acquire cheaply in hopes that they can, can catch fire towards the end of the season. Yeah, so hopefully some of those names help out uh, dynasty managers out there that are looking to make some moves before their trade deadline, which is likely coming up. It's time to set the line. Yeah, let's set the line. I'm pretty excited about it this week. I, I, I kind of forced you guys into a loss each and i got a got a maybe a couple wins so set the line is getting better for this is this isn't too bad of a of a segment <laughs> uh ryan ryan's bet was uh he set the line on fields at 21.2 fantasy points and uh, he had 47 i believe <laughs> set the record for rushing yards in a regular season game all that kind of stuff uh so yeah he 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 went over Wait. that dan you got that one he had more, he had more fantasy points than uh, than that just as a runner. Take away all of his passes. <laughs> yes, stats. yes, including, including three touchdown passes. Run. Right, exactly. Great line. Um, yeah, so, good call. So I, I let you. Uh, I let you. I, I, I felt. I remember last week. I was like, I don't. I don't. I really think he's going to go over, but I want to give Dan a chance here. So uh, I took the under and took the L on that one. Uh, Dan, uh, excuse me, Ryan. We both took the L on Nuke. That was Dan's bet uh, for nineteen point nine fantasy points. He did have a touchdown, but only scored thirteen point six. So zero uh, and two for us on that one. And then the last one, mine is uh, still uh, still up in the air. Uh, could go either way. Hundred yard running backs for the week. I set the line at five and a half. Uh, you guys both went under that. Currently, Mixon, Damian Pierce, Travis Etienne, and Kenneth Walker all went over. Uh, Algier had ninety nine and decided to not participate in this bet. Um, but still got a couple of good options here on Sunday night and Monday night. So if they if two more hit that, then I'll win. Otherwise, you guys will take that. Um, right now, the current standings are uh, with with the un- incomplete uh, matchup. Ryan's at nine and six. I'm at eight and eight. Dan, you're at six and nine. So Coming for you. Another, another Coming game. for you. All right, I'll go first for this week. Justin Fields. I set a stat line. We're going right back to him again. When you have that kind of that kind of record breaking <laughs> performance, we got to go to Justin Fields again. Real He's clear. averaging 102 rushing yards per game in the last four games. Of course, that was that was helped out um, this week by by that 178 yards on the ground. He plays Detroit. Juicy matchup in Week Ten. <laughs> So the over-under is 81.5 rushing yards for Justin Fields. you want to go over or under, Matt? Oh, gosh. I'm going to be wrong on this one again, I'm sure. I'm, going to, I'm just going to say under. I'm going to say under. All right, Ryan? Mm. It's a big line for a quarterback. Got, got to do some research. Uh, looks like the uh, looks like the Lions gave up 90 rushing yards to Jalen Hurts. We know they've given up tons of rushing yards to running backs as well. And I mean, this is this is how the Bears, even though they they lost this game on Sunday, this is how they're staying in games is with the legs of of Justin Fields. I'm going to go over. Ooh, that's a big number, 81 and a half. But you know, he's that. he's. Uh, 
I, I originally set it at 89 and a half. And I thought to myself, geez, I don't think either one of them would take it at 89 and a half. I, uh, I got to make it a little more enticing. So uh, it's a split. Ryan, do you have one for us? Yeah, this one might might sting a little bit, fellas. Oh, boy. <laughs> Packers, Bears. No, sorry. Packers, Cowboys next week. Aaron Jones may be out. Romeo Dobbs may be out. Both left the uh, left the stadium in boots uh, on Sunday. Uh, if my numbers are correct, the Packers are averaging seventeen point one points per game. So that will be the number for next week against the Dallas Cowboys, one of the best defenses in the league. Seventeen point one, seventeen and a half. Call it whatever you want. Over or under seventeen points, seventeen point one points for the Packers next week under <laughs> under with a bullet oh it's so depressing uh you know there's there's just not a lot enough talent on that whole offense really um today Jair Alexander got an interception and I said you have to I was screaming at the TV you have to score the the offense won't score you have to score on this and he ran out of bounds he got it you know he had no choice he had to go out of bounds and two plays later, Rodgers throws his third interception. He probably should have thrown five in the game. Uh, did not look good at any point in the game. And uh, the coaching staff doesn't look very good at this point either. It's it's all... It's I'm just... Oh, I'm, I'm going to say over. I'll, I'll do over. Hopefully they... I, I got to try to pick up a pick up a game, and I love the Packers, and hopefully they fit. Maybe Jair will score when he gets a pick on Dak Prescott <laughs> next week. I thought, uh, I mean, I really thought they would just give the ball to Dylan like twenty times in this game, and Detroit has been so bad against defending the run. And uh, well, you heard Rodgers say all week that if we're going to win, it has to be on my arm. I I'm going to make the decision. It's all me, and he looked awful doing awful. that. Awful. The week, passes against the Bills Why? a week ago. They had they had their best game and they lost twenty seven to seventeen to the Bills. And that was the best game of the season for the Packers. They ran the ball well. They played good defense. Rodgers didn't make the mistakes, and I thought they would do that to a win uh, against Detroit. And they went back to Aaron Rodgers' arm, and he clearly isn't the same guy. Maybe it's the thumb. Maybe it's the old age. I don't know what it is, but he's not very accurate. Matt, what do you have for us? I also have a rushing quarterback line here, Dan. Okay. Uh, Daniel Jones is fourth in the league with 363 rushing yards and averaging 45.4 per game. They play, I believe, the Houston Texans. Is that right? In week uh, week nine? Yes. Yeah, that's great. In week 10. Uh, so I set the line at 50.5 rushing yards for Daniel Jones in week 10. Whoa. Jones is definitely running more than I think he's getting credit for. Um, he's actually he's actually been putting up some nice numbers lately. Um, I am gonna go. I'm gonna go over here. Oh, I was really hoping you'd take the under. Uh, I wanted to take the over and try to pick one up on you. I I do like it, and the nice thing is I think he might be getting healthier, right? So there was a yeah. stretch there for a couple of weeks where he wasn't running quite as much. And it was it was due to those injuries. And he had six carries for six yards against Baltimore, 10 for 37. 
against the Packers over there in London, but he was banged up. After that, that 11-carry, 107-yard game, and then he only he only ran it six times against Seattle. But I watched that game, and they they were they were trying to keep him in the pocket. They did not want Daniel Jones to to hurt them. I don't know if Houston can do that. Uh, I'm going to take the over as well because I, I don't want to lose a game, and I, I kind of think Jones will will have a big game on the ground. So that is set the line. Let's jump in the DeLorean. Let's hop in the Dynasty DeLorean. Where we're going, we don't need ADP. Oh, we need ADP everywhere we go, but uh, we, we kind of hamstrung ourselves just a little bit. We don't have a lot of time, but we want to discuss some future values of some some key running backs who have seen a big shift in their dynasty value recently. So let's travel forward to May 2023. The NFL draft has just ended, and it's dynasty startup draft season. Let's project the ADP, positional ADP, for these running backs. And I think we have to start it at the top with the RB2 currently, uh, Kenneth Walker, Seattle Seahawks. Uh, huge game once again on Sunday. Looks so good, and is that true bell cow running back? I don't know where you guys want to take this conversation, but if he stays healthy for the rest of the season, I have a hard time seeing him fall more than a spot or two based on what we've seen so far. Yeah, I mean he's he's been so good. He he's better than I expected. The uh, the, the Seahawks are certainly better Way than better. I or or really almost anybody expected. And uh, as good as those receivers are, as good as Geno Smith has been all year, this team looks even better. You know, unfortunately, since Rashad Penny uh, suffered that injury and and Kenneth Walker has taken over. Um, you know, w- when we're trying to. Pre- project ADP and I think it's an important thing to do for for everyone to think about future value of these players Walker's at RB2 we talked about him last week I believe with that big value jump up uh, as of the uh, over the past month or so there's some players that are going to be coming back from injury there are certainly the the 2023 rookies that are going to be included and, and worth discussing so I did I did factor a, a bit of a drop for Kenneth Walker and, and just, you know, just the question of, can he keep this up? Can he continue to run for a hundred yards and a touchdown every week, a fourth quarter touchdown? I think he has, I think all six of his touchdowns are fourth quarter touchdowns. I saw, uh, I saw someone mention. So I've got Kenneth Walker as my RB five in May of 2023. Oh, I couldn't get him that, that low. I had, I had such a hard time. He's built to handle this kind of workload. 26 carries, yeah. 109 yards, the two touchdowns late in the game. And then he added a couple receptions as well. Three for 20. And I, I think a couple of those were like late dump offs from Geno Smith, but we'll take every one we can get, especially from a power running back between the tackles. I, I moved him down to three. And that's as far as I could get, Matt. Could you push him any lower than that? Yeah, I was with Ryan. I put him at, at five. So okay. I, I've got him a few spots lower than that. Um, with with some players, we're, with a couple of players we're going to talk a little bit, a little about a little bit later in this conversation. I have them both above him. Yeah, okay. Let's uh, let's keep moving down the list. We have another rookie running back, Damian Pierce. He's he's my guy. He's I, I love Damian Pierce, and we all got to see him on Thursday night 
as well. And that guy is a load to bring to the ground, hard to tackle, runs as hard as any running back in the league. I love his running style. I love his demeanor on the field. I wish he could get those two or three or four catches a game to add to that upside that that we see. He's currently, guys, at running back 10. And I said last week that I had him at nine overall. I think I have him at eight now. Um, every time I watch this guy run, I, I never see a bad carry from Damian Pierce. 27 carries, 139 yards. Wish he could have caught a couple passes. Wish he could have found Paydirt against the Eagles. But this guy, I, I kind of think he's going to move up a little bit before the end of the season. I had him at seven. Ooh, okay. I had a I had a drop factored in for Damian Pierce as well. I've I've got him at RB twelve. Uh, for next year. I mean, we're, we're already seeing some of the, and hearing some of the comparisons, you know, is he the next Elijah Mitchell, James Robinson, uh, you know, (laughs) Steve Slayton. Wow. Um, You know, that, that list goes on and on, but um, as good as, as good as Pierce has been, we continue to see teams invest day, day two, and sometimes even day one picks in running backs when they don't have that elite option. I don't know that the Texans are in a position to, to do that. They've got so many other needs. We also said the same thing about the Jaguars, and, and they used a, a first-round pick on Travis Etienne. So um, all those things kind of factored in, plus the, the lack of pass catching that you mentioned, Dan, uh, Dan made him uh, a, a faller for me, a slight faller. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm more with Ryan. I moved them even lower. I moved them to running back 15. Whoa! Yeah, I just like like Ryan said to me, he feels like a guy who's who's maybe going to be looking over his shoulder for most of his career. And like Ryan said, the Texans aren't necessarily in a position to spend another high pick on a running back, but that doesn't stop teams before. One telling stat from this last game, um, and it's just a, really a one game sample, obviously. So take what you will. This is from Ben Gretsch. Um, he, he does a a metric called high value touches, which are basically receptions and then, uh, carries or touches inside the the green zone or the 10 yard line in that game, uh, 27 touches for Damian Pierce, only one high value touch and Burkhead has only seven touches the game, but four of them were high value touches. So like the 139 yards is really nice and all it's nice to see those hundred yard games, but, but they're kind of empty calories in a bit, you know, like 13.9 points. You feel like you should get more when you have a performance as good as he had on Thursday night, but no touchdowns, no receptions, that stuff, that stuff matters for getting that ceiling up. Uh, and uh, I just, I, I'm not as enthusiastic about him uh, from a fantasy perspective as you are, Dan, and the Texans are probably going to be bad again next year. So Bad team, you know, low, limited opportunities inside the green zone. No, not catching the ball. I just, he feels like somebody who might uh, be a little bit overvalued to me. Nothing, nothing against you and certainly nothing against Ben either. But I have a metric called the eye test and it's, it's an A plus. <laughs> that dude is one of the hardest runners in the he league. And I love his so work ethic and, and the way he plays football. And I think, I think he belongs in the category of, of, of the top, two tiers of running backs in our league. I want them on every dynasty team. Uh, speaking of guys, I wish I had on every dynasty team. Let's talk about the RB seven right now. And that's Travis Etienne. He comes in at RB seven, another dominant effort on Sunday, 28 carries, 109 yards and two rushing touchdowns caught a couple passes as well. Won me a little bit of money on a couple of props as well. That guy, that guy doesn't look the part, 
I heard a um, a comparison. I wish I knew who said it, but uh, they said he's so Jamal Charles, and mm. I, I can kind of see that. You know, he 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 has some of that Jamal. He does. He's slight. He's quick. But he can run between the tackles with that frame, and he darts in and out of his cuts so quickly that he doesn't take those big hits. Plus, he snakes the sidelines so nicely. You know, we don't see a lot of running backs do that, where they can turn that corner, keep the balance, and gain those extra yards. And He's a big play waiting to happen every time he touches the ball. I, you know, I know we, you guys have been on this, on this train through Walker and Pierce where you're bumping these guys way down. ETN's at RB7. Some of those draft picks were probably made before before he really blew up. Uh, he's going to be the RB2, RB3 any second now. He probably already de- de- should be there. He's the, he's, the, he's the extra guy I put up above Kenneth Walker. I moved him up to RB2. Yeah, I'm with you. I had I had ETN as a riser as well. You know, last week on on this episode, we are on the show, we projected what that first round of ADP would look like for November and and uh, it, it's all it's all still in the works, but Travis Etienne was not a first round pick as as the three of us projected that he would be. Dan, as you said, he's the RB seven. I thought he would be much higher. Um, maybe maybe somehow there's still a little bit of a buying window. I've got him as a riser as well. Agree with you. I've got him as the RB three for May 2023. Yep. Riser for me as well. I went running back four, but I I could easily put him at two or three. I think that that, that tier is going to be several picks, uh, several backs long. And I think ETN's right there is the conversation for the, you know, I don't know if I put him one, but anywhere from two to two to four, I would feel good about. Another guy we should talk about, Ramondre Stevenson of the Patriots. Matt RB twelve in November ADP. Is he a riser or a faller before or after the draft next year? I've got him just one spot lower at running back thirteen. We're kind of, you know, nitpicking here a little bit, um, but I would I would rather have him rest of season. Uh, than Damian Pierce, and I think I would rather have him entering next season than Damian Pierce. So got him a couple of spots higher than him. Uh, I had Stevenson kind of in the same range, a, a slight riser. Uh, I had him at ten overall. Um, yeah, this this range really from probably six to fifteen or twenty. It already looks like very crowded. We know we're going to have some talented rookies in there. Uh, it, it's going to be tough to uh, to really d- decide and determine how to value these players. Yeah, and there's probably going to be a guy or two that separate themselves out of that big tier between six or seven all the way up to 14, 15, 16. But it's going to be tough to determine those guys. And, and there's going to be a couple of those players that might get one of these rookies. And before we get out of here, we should probably – Talk about uh, these guys that are coming in because one of the biggest names in the Devi community for the last few years has been Bijan Robinson, and he's the headliner in this class. Ryan, the expectation is he's going to be very high in ADP as soon as he's available to us, right? But but the list kind of goes on and on with these running backs. It's going to be a strong class, and there's going to be big shakeups in ADP once these guys get to the league. 
Yeah, for sure. The, the The class of 2023, we feels like we've been looking towards that group for years. As you said, Bijan Robinson from Texas is the headliner, um, not only from a rookie standpoint, but uh, I mean, there's a lot there's been a lot of conversation this year with kind of the fall off of Jonathan Taylor as who is the who is the dynasty RB one. And a lot of people would tell you it's already right now. It's already Bijan Robinson. If you can. Uh, if you're in a Debbie league or if you can guarantee yourself the, the 101 pick in next spring's draft, you would value that over uh, any other running back that's in the league right now. Uh, but but you're right. He's he's not alone. Zach Evans, Jameer Gibbs, Sean Tucker, several names out there that could crack this uh, this RB1 range uh, almost from day one. Yeah, I think I think you missed one there with Blake Corum out of Michigan too. That guy's fun to watch, and I, I think he's 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 the guy that's slowly creeping into those ranks. In in my opinion, uh, Bijan though, would would you call him the RB one right now if you had to call it? Well, we're in the DeLorean, and we're it's it's May twenty twenty. Oh yeah, that's right. So yeah, yeah, he's my. RB1. I'm kind of fuzzy I, from I, the I'd, traveling. <laughs> I've got Bijan as RB one as of May. Yeah, Matt. Yeah, I do too. And I was kind of looking through uh, the current draft order um, after this week. There's a great website called tankathon.com that kind of updates it immediately after a game's happened. Um, and I don't, I don't know if how you guys feel. I kind of feel like he's not going in the top 10, just the stigma with running back. Maybe he does to one of these. Maybe Arizona, who's moved up to the sixth pick. Um, that seems kind of high for for running back, even of Bijan's status. But if we get towards the like the, the early second half of the draft, we have teams like Atlanta, who, I mean, they need a quarterback, right? But are they going to be in a position to, to, to be able to move up and get one? I'm not sure. And that's the, basically the most run-heavy team in the league, right? And then if you go down closer to the playoff contenders, uh, Baltimore, if J.K. Dobbins isn't going to work out, he's somebody. I don't think Seattle is going to take him. I don't think the Jets are going to take him. Uh, and he's probably going to be gone before the later 20s. So if he ends up on a team like Atlanta or Baltimore or maybe maybe Chicago, I don't know, um, then uh, I think we're going to be really excited about him. But 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 regardless of the landing spot, unless it's in a place, I mean, I don't know, Ryan, can you think of a place where he wouldn't be the running back one? Is he just running back one no matter what the landing spot is? Um, I can't really think of a spot that, that's realistic. Uh, I mean, you know, you, you threw out some – some teams that have solid RB uh, running backs right now, you know, Chicago and, and teams like that. But, um, you know, he, he's not going to the jets. He's not going to the Seahawks. He's not going to these teams with, uh, with established running backs that we've already talked about. So, um, no, I, I think, I think he's basically locked in already. Hmm. Dan, did you have him as RB one as well? No, I didn't. I had him at four and I, I, I kind of think the draft is the only reason I couldn't put him at one. And maybe I'm maybe I'm a little too short-sighted on it. But I, I just always think of think there are landing spots that would make you say, oh, my gosh, really? And that seems to happen to us every single year. So I don't know if that's likely. But if we're flashing forward to May of 2023, it's still a possibility. And I, I don't I don't really want to get married to that. What if he what if he has to do the Derrick Henry thing? Where where he's drafted really early, but he's behind in a stat. What if he gets drafted by Tennessee, and Derrick Henry's the guy for another year while while he just mixes in? That would affect his dynasty value even right away. So I put him at four. He's in the tier, but 
I think I would prefer like like if I could right now, if I if I was a contender and I needed an, a, a solid RB right now to lock up a title, and I had the number one pick, I would trade I would trade that projected number one pick for for Walker to get him in my lineup right now and get this extra half a season of production. But, We're in May 2023, Dan. You're cheating. Oh, I went back. You guys got to <laughs> jump in happened. and get back it's here. Already happened. It's already happened. <laughs> so, well, who did he get drafted by, Matt? I'm already back. <laughs> Atlanta. He dra- got drafted by Atlanta. Oh, okay. Well, he's won then. And that's where we can wrap up the show. So let's uh, let's head back to 2022. The Titans are playing the Chiefs back, uh, the back where we came from. So we want to watch that game. Uh, that's all the time we have for this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Uh, For Matt and Ryan, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate each and every one of you, and we'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.